0: What's going on everybody? Christine Francesco here. Welcome to the hot tag. I uh, hope everybody's had a great week. Um, see initially. I wasn't going to do a show this week. However, uh, I was able to talk to our guest coming on in just uh, a few moments, Mr. Derek Gunn, who has covered um, I guess you could say all of Philadelphia sports over the last uh, 22 years. Uh, This was 2019 is, I guess he's entering his 22nd year at, you know, Comcast Sportsnet, formerly known as Comcast Sportsnet, now NBC Sports Philadelphia. And uh, he and Michael Barkan are the last originals uh, of that network, which is pretty amazing to think of, uh, of all the great names that have come through there uh, that are no longer there. However, uh, this week... Uh, I spoke to Derek Gunn uh, about the Philadelphia Eagles, about his journey into broadcasting, how it wasn't even in his plans, yet here he is, like I said, 22 years later, and he's interviewed some of the biggest names in sports. He's also obviously been around for the Philadelphia Eagles mostly. He's been around for two Super Bowl appearances, one, of course, being the big uh, win uh, two years ago. Uh, We talk about a lot of things in your 30-minute conversation with Derek Gunn. Uh, And just to remind everybody, there will not be a show next week as far as I know. Uh, The following week, I'm trying to plan the state of professional wrestling with uh, two of my really good friends. Obviously, Jay being one of them as schedules have been so wild lately that Jay has been off the show for a few weeks and that's definitely not by design so I don't want anybody to think that Jay is still very much a part of the show Jay goes into a lot of planning uh, helping me do shows uh, especially with this interview with Derek Gunn Jay sent in some questions as well for to contribute which is great um, but thank you so much to, to everybody who has been downloading the show and and really paying attention to it and helping us out help big time grow to to continue to be as big as we we can and this show doesn't go anywhere without the support and love from you guys and I really do appreciate that um like I said no show next week I'm going to try to take a week off I've been trying to take a week off from the show now for geez probably two weeks uh but you know these interviews and these opportunities just keep popping up and I really can't pass on them so definitely uh utilizing those chances to bring you guys great guests uh informative relevant um And I had such an amazing time talking to Derek Gunn of NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, This has been uh, the hot tag opening now. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, like I said, Derek Gunn, uh, we are going to talk so much. We talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, we talk about Carson Wentz. We talk about uh, the Super Bowl, comparing 2004 to 2017. Uh, Then we discussed, um, you know, what it was like covering the Andy Reid era, the Chip Kelly era, um, and then where we're at now with Carson Wentz and so on and so on. So it was a really fun interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. I am Chrissy Francesco. If you want to follow me on the Twitter, on the social media platforms, I am at CDFran24. Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Christy Francesco, my name. So just type that in. Uh, shouldn't be too difficult to spell. It's right in the show, uh, basically, uh, um, info page. So uh, that is all. And I'm going to take a quick break when we come back nice interview I uh, hope you guys like it hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend um, so please check out this interview and uh, I'll talk to you guys on the other side real quick uh, to wrap things up so uh, enjoy welcome back to hot tag I'm Christy Francesco and joining us tonight is a very special guest uh, he is an icon in Philadelphia sports broadcasting Um And he is from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, You guys know him very well, for most of you that listen to this show. He is Mr. Derek Gunn. Hey, Derek. Hey, Chris, how you
1: doing? Is is calling me an icon a nice way of saying old?
0: Nah, I I mean, I was going to say legend, but every time people say legend, they say, ah, don't say legend. So I kind of have to come up with something that doesn't sound like legend, but it's – it's, it's great. <laughs> no, but I, pre- I appreciate it, man. No, and, and uh, Derek, thank you so much for coming on. And I, I kind of want to get started. I don't want to do a traditional, okay, I'm going to ask you, you know, five questions about the current Eagles right now. I really like digging into finding out how you got into broadcasting and is it something that you've always wanted to do? And that's kind of where I want to start this. And like we just talked about before we went on the air is, you and Michael Barkan are the, uh, the original members of, I guess you could say back with Comcast Sports that now NBC Sports Philadelphia. Being from, uh, uh, Wisconsin, how did you get into broadcasting and then made your way over to Philadelphia?
1: Well, um, I was in a small college out in California, um, and, um, One of my football coaches, a guy named Wayne Walski, he was from my hometown, Milwaukee. He was from South Milwaukee. I was from North Milwaukee. I had never met the man before. And uh, he was also uh, my American literature professor out there. And he said, you know, you should write for a newspaper. And I said, I don't want to write for a newspaper, because if you would asked me to give you a list of the top 10 jobs uh, I would want to do, being in broadcasting would probably be like in the 20s. Wow. Uh, because I had no desire to be in broadcasting, but he kept pushing me because he said I was one of his better writers in class. So he was trying to get me an internship slash job at one of the local newspapers at this uh place called El Central California which is in the Imperial Valley in California about an hour and 40 minutes due east of San Diego uh, they had no openings and uh, then he said well I have a friend who's general manager of the little TV station here in town uh, it was a CBS station he said I can get you an interview and I'm like okay I'm looking for a job but you know, I'm still thinking I'm not doing this job so he gets me an interview and an hour later the guy says you're hired I said to do what? He said you're going to be my sports director. I said what does that mean? He said you're going to be on the news uh, Monday through Friday giving scores and highlights. I said "Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, And he said no you got to give it a try. So this was on a Thursday. And he said, come back on Friday and just kind of walk around and meet everybody, the salespeople, the engineers, the photographers, the the other on-air talent, and then we'll start you on Monday. Now, at the time, I'm living with uh, uh, three roommates. Two were from North Dakota and one was from Detroit. And I'm thinking, I got a weekend. to find I got basically three days to find a job to tell this guy, no, I'm not interested in doing this. And I couldn't find anything, obviously, in 72 hours. So I went back on that Friday and I walked around, shook hands, smiled, made, you know, pleasant conversation with people. And then the guy who was the general manager said, hey, um, do you have a shirt and tie and how close do you live here? I said, I live like about three or four miles from here. He said, go home and get your shirt, tie and jacket. We're going to put you on the air tonight. And I'm like, what? Wow. You know, so, And that's how it all started. And of course, the first six months or so, uh, it was like foul-ups, bleeps, and blunders. And every time I would go home, my roommates would be on the floor rolling, laughing, because it was so comical. <laughs> and I'm still thinking, i got to get out of this industry. I don't want to do this for a living. <laughs> and so I'm still there a year and a half later, and something just said, you know what, just send out resumes and see what happened. And so I sent out 80 resume letters, Now, sent so out uh, 80 resume demo tapes and 100 resume uh, letters randomly around the country. 99% of them were uh, you still a little raw, we have nothing uh, that, that fits your skill. And just when I'm about to give up, I get a call from NBC in San Diego and say, hey, we know you're raw, but we're, we want to work with you. Do you want to work here? And I said, heck sure, I'd be happy to go there. <laughs> and so... I'm still in San Diego thinking, I got to get out of this industry, and then a CBS station in my hometown, Milwaukee, opened up, and I went back home to Milwaukee for five years, then I'm in Pittsburgh for 10 years, and I've been here since September of 1997. Uh, My wife and I and my agent, we thought we would be here maybe three, four, and move on and go back closer out west, where my wife is from. And here it is almost 20 years later, and I'm still here and I'm
0: still in the business. Uh, it's It's incredible story. And obviously from here in the beginning, football was your first love, I assume.
1: It was a toss-up between football and baseball because I played both in college, and um, I really love baseball, and I know a lot of people think baseball is boring, but I just love the art of the game and the strategy of the game, Um, but they were neck and neck, but obviously as my career moved on, I shifted more towards football. I covered the Chargers, I covered the Packers, I covered the Steelers, and I the Eagles for the last two decades plus, so... uh, with football uh, i love baseball i just love covering all sports I've, I've, I've been fortunate to interview some of the greatest athletes i've done interviews with the likes of muhammad ali mm. eric heiden and and beth heiden the olympics uh, skaters um, you know from basketball to track and field boxing sugar ray leonard uh i've gotten to know uh people like bernard hopkins who i consider a friend charles barkley so i've been fortunate to meet and get to know a lot of great people uh, in this industry, both as af- athletes um, in the broadcast industry and outside the broadcast in- industry as well.
0: yeah oh, that's tremendous. When 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 you found out you're coming to Philadelphia to work, did you know? Being uh, obviously a fan of football and knowing and having a history now with the and covering the NFL, did you have an idea of what football was like in Philadelphia and how it was basically it that. That's it. In Philadelphia, it is the Eagles. And did you know that coming in?
1: No, I knew they had a solid fan base, and I knew they uh, people love their football here, but I didn't know to the degree that I've learned over the last 22 years uh, how rabid, the fan base here how passionate they are how knowledgeable they are about the philadelphia eagles i mean this team could go 0-16 and people are still going to watch people are still going to come out people are still going to buy their merchandise so it wasn't until i got here that i really got to understand uh what what being a philadelphia football fan and a sports fan in general was all about
0: now you've been here like you said since 1997 so you were here for the last two years of ray Rhodes. you were here for the entire uh the entire era of of andy reed then chip kelly and then Doug doug And the current regime is doug peterson uh what has been your favorite i guess i don't want to say era but i guess since you've been here what has been your your favorite era to to cover every day
1: I would have to say it was the Andy Reid era, uh, mainly because when you look at the collection of players they had on that team, and that's when we were really still in the infancy stages of our pre- and post-game shows, Um, they had a cast of characters on that team, um, Ike Reese. Hugh Douglas, Dawkins, Donovan McNabb, um, you know, Chad Lewis, John Runyon, Trey Thomas, um, Hollis Thomas, they were all a bunch of characters. And when I would bring them on the postgame show, basically, I would just give them the mic and let them go. And it was like nonstop comedy, whether they won or lost. They were just that lucid group, and we I could sit and talk with those guys about any and everything, and obviously I was sworn to secrecy on a lot of things we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just a great era. And then, then along, you know, along came the likes of Sheldon Brown, Leto Shepard, uh, you know, and guys like that. And by that time, postgame was established, and, you know, it was like a baton baton being passed because players who were carryovers and a new wave of players would come in, The new wave of players would say, hey, you can trust this guy. And that's how it has been in terms of getting players on constantly year in and year out um, because of my relationship with guys in the locker room. So uh, because of that, um, I would have to say the Andy Reid era is probably, excuse me, the best era of uh,
0: any era that I've played in in football. Oh wow, that's I mean, and, and my question to actually goes into with Andy Reid era, and then Doug Peterson. If I could here is you covered the 04 Super Bowl when they went to Jacksonville and and, and just barely lost to the to the New England Patriots in 04. What was that like for you? Uh, I'm not sure if that was your first Super Bowl that you were able to cover. If what was it like for you covering the Eagles in '04 4 in that run compared to the run uh, a couple years ago where they finally did uh, get over that that massive hump? Can you kind of compare the two in terms of um, your thoughts or your feelings going into both scenarios?
1: That 0-4 team getting to the Super Bowl was almost like winning the Super Bowl because if you remember, they had gone to five conference championships. Mm-hmm. And they fell short in the previous four. And finally, they got over the hump against the Atlanta Falcons and it was such a joyous moment. Fans were going nuts here um, because people, all people talked about how uh, every team in the division had a Super Bowl trophy except the Eagles, and the Eagles fans hated to hear that, and that's understandable. Um, but to see that group of guys actually get to the Super Bowl and to perform on the grandest stage in all the NFL, uh, that was an unbelievable moment. I mean, don't get me wrong. The fact that this team not only got there recently in 2017 and won it was just as euphoric. Uh, but for that group of guys to get to that mountaintop, to almost get to that mountaintop so many times and not get to stand on that mountaintop, um, he, I would have guys on the post-game shows in prior years when they lose the conference championship and they would have tears streaming down their faces and tears welling up in their eyes because they were the favorites a lot of times going into those games. And they get upset by the likes of, the, you know, the Tampa Bay's and so on and so forth. Um, and so, I would have to say, definitely, for me, that Super Bowl was a little bit more my favorite, more so than this one.
0: Mm. Well, it now to kind of go a little bit further but connect it to the, a special guy in the '04 4 team I mean for the franchise as a whole what was your relationship like with Brian Dawkins all of those years and how I guess fulfilling it was it to see uh, a guy like that a safety nonetheless in the NFL um, get into the Hall of Fame I guess you could say as quickly as he did um, was that something that was really special to you personally?
1: Yeah, you know, Donk and I, uh, for whatever reason, we hit it off uh, almost immediately when he got here. Um, And it just kept building. And then I got to know his wife, Connie, and then got to know his kids and watch his kids grow up. Um, And so to see that man pour his heart out, and I don't think I've ever covered a player in all my years of covering this game that played the game with more passion, more determination, more fire, more commitment than a Brian Dawkins. Um, and what he did not achieve in terms of winning that individual ring, uh, he achieved in terms of his legacy being etched in the annals of pro football uh, forever. So to see him stand there and to, to put on that yellow jacket and be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, when you think about the pieces of his body that he left from one end of this country. country to the other end of country on football fields all across america Uh, it was such a special feeling for me just to see him have that moment because if anybody er ever deserved to be in pro football's hall of fame it was brian dawkins
0: no absolutely and uh, he has to be hands down uh, i guess you could say the most popular philadelphia eagle one of the most popular philadelphia athletes um in the city's history uh, by far um met now my my next question has to do with chip Kelly. And I don't always like talking about chip, but when I have somebody on the line who was through the thick and thin there every single day covering this guy, I like kind of getting an inside view of this is what happened. How did this relationship break so fast after it was so successful in the beginning, you heard all the rumors of the, the, you know, players just didn't want to play for him anymore. He lost the locker room and, um, What, in your eyes, what was the destruction of of the Chip Kelly regime here?
1: Well, no question. He began to treat the players like they were college players. Hmm. He did understand that certain players, when they achieved a certain status, needed to back off and rest their bodies and heal their bodies. He had these rapid-fire practices, and he wanted to make sure everybody was practicing because he felt that was part of the conditioning. You know, a good coach, especially at the NFL level, knows when to push his guys and know when to back off. He wasn't that guy. And he basically alienated everybody in that locker room, everybody in the front office that he could possibly alienate. I mean, if you remember, this guy took a, a team that Andy Reid left that was 4-12 and 12 and immediately turned it around into a 10-6 and six team and got into the, into the playoffs his first year he was considered this offensive boy wonder this this offensive genius um and he felt that was good enough he thought his way of doing everything was the right way of doing it well obviously when you consider that the players who were holdovers from andy Reed's last year to this guy played for him because you, you look at the results that he got but after the first year you start to hear grumblings just a little bit but they went 10 and 6 again the next year Didn't make the playoffs, but they went 10-6 again. But after that, a lot of players started saying, you know what, enough is enough. We're not 18- to 22-year-olds. We're 22- to 30-, 35-year-old guys, and we know how to take care of our bodies. We know how to condition. We know how to get ready mentally and physically for a game. Chip didn't see it that way, and that's when players started pushing back.
0: Now, just a a few more questions for you, Derek. And once again, we're talking to Derek Gunn of MEC Sports Philadelphia. Um, uh, Someone who's been pretty relevant over the last month or so. And I definitely want to get your, your opinion on Donovan McNabb. Um, I'll just cut right to the chase on the question is at this point now, uh, Derek, what do you think the legacy of of Donovan McNabb is uh, not only with the city of Philadelphia and the fan base, um, obviously you just have to listen to WIP and you can kind of get a gist of where that's at. um, But where do you think his legacy stands within, I I guess the the Eagles world?
1: Well, you know what? When he left here, it was pretty hot. But lately, the more he talks, the more he digs himself in a hole. Um... And, you know, a lot of things that he says, he's not wrong. It's just that it came from Donovan and people consider it sour grapes. It had, had it come from uh, uh, Jeremiah Trotter or uh, Dawkins, people would probably agree with him. But because it's Donovan saying it, he's considered it's considered petty jealousy and selfishness and things like that. From a personal standpoint, I wish Donovan would just, you know, just let sleeping dogs lie and don't say anything. But that's not his nature. That's not who he is. And So I think his legacy here is somewhat tainted uh, because of his inability to be a little bit smarter and a little bit wiser in terms of picking his topics, especially when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think now the further we get away from his career in Philadelphia as an athlete, um, his legacy is now being blanketed by comments that he's making and that he's not going to stop making. Because he feels what he's saying is right, whether Eagle fans want
0: to hear it or not. No, It's it's so true because, I mean, I grew up, My the Andy Reid era was really when I first started to really have a passion for the Eagles in terms of understanding everything. I mean, in the 04, I was 17, 18 years old. So um, Donovan was, you know, my growing up quarterback and i just loved watching donovan each and every week and now as i'm you know getting older and the more he says you are right it kind of puts a little bit of a stain on what you remember him and remember how great of a player he was for so long in the city um now to go to carson wentz i'll get current now uh last couple questions here um your thoughts on Carson Wentz as the future of this franchise. He, he just got paid, and man, he, he got paid. Um, where are you on the Carson Wentz train? Um, can, you know, Last year, I just didn't understand the consistent back and forth of Foles is better, Wentz is better. I just don't understand... If the team's winning, why they just both can't be loved. Um, But where are you? Are you a believer in Carson Wentz taking this team, I guess you could say, back to championship level for, you know, years to come?
1: I think Carson Wentz has unlimited potential and the sky's the limit for this young man. Uh, The Eagles paid him on potential. They didn't pay him on accomplishments uh, because if that was the case, when you look at what has happened the last couple of years, he's not been able to finish what he has started. But now you have put him in an echelon with quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls, who have been to multiple playoff games. Uh, he hasn't been in a playoff game. He hasn't stood on that grand stage and hoisted that Lombardi trophy. There's a good possibility the way this team is structured right now, and kudos to Harry Roseman and now uh, former vice president of player personnel, Joe Douglas, for assembling a team that's deep across the board, very talented across the board. But now they've got to go out and win it, you know, because they're still considered one of the better teams, and they are considered one of the teams each and every week that is everybody's playoff game. So everybody's going to play a little bit harder against them. <laughs> (laughs) So to get to that final... That final destination is going to be that much harder for them because of what they've established over the last couple of years. But if Carson can finish what he starts, I think he's going to have a number of opportunities to go deep into the playoffs and hopefully for the Philadelphia Eagles organization and and, and, and the, the Carson Wentz himself, that he will have that opportunity to hoist that trophy. Uh, but now there's a lot of pressure on the shoulders of Carson Wentz. There was a scathing article about him uh, as soon as the season was over. Mm -hmm. about his locker room character. Uh, People questioning uh, whether or not he's a durable player. Is he the next Sam Bradford, or can he overcome that? And now he's got the money. So there's a lot of pressure on him to prove that he can be that locker room guy, to prove that he can be that leader, and to prove that he can be durable and get beyond the regular season. So now I want to see how he handles all of this pressure in 2019, because as you know, being in Philadelphia, as much as they will applaud you when you're having success, they will also boo you as soon as things start to go bad. So let's see how he handles that roller coaster ride.
0: Absolutely agree with you now, my last question, and I have to ask you this, or else I might not get a, a home cooked meal for a long time so um for for many years um uh, from two thousand eight or to two thousand and sixteen, I was you know blessed with the opportunity to cover the Flyers and the Phillies um for media and I've developed really good relationships, like you said with uh, you know players that I admired uh, watching from afar and that was able to try my best to to um you know, be professional when I was in a locker room and not try to be friendly. But then I was, you know, you are able to, at some point, like you said, develop relationships with these guys and figure out and find out for yourself that they're really good guys. And, you know, there's just something about talking to certain individuals that you can gel with. And, um, what you have done over the last couple years with Brandon Graham has been pretty special from <laughs> from from our, from this house, and my, like I told you before during the uh, last couple days, is my wife became a fan of D-Gun and Brandon Graham because of watching post-game live and your interactions with him, <laughs> and um, I'm telling you, no matter if it's a win or a loss, I have to put it on after the game, and that's the only thing she cares about. Once your interactions with him are done, she goes, alright, I can go find something else to do so she became a huge fan of both of you guys when did that kind of start between the two of you can you kind of explain the relationship between yourself and bg
1: well uh, brandon and i have always had a great relationship but that all started when we used to have a show called breakfast on broad and uh he was on one morning with uh, barrett brooks and the crew and barrett proceeds to tell him that you know, D Gun picked against you guys, and and Brandon said, "Oh, really?" So they went out and won that game. And as he's walking off the field, he said, "Hey, D Gun, you're wrong. You big wrong." And people in the in the tunnel were started laughing and stuff. And I'm thinking it's going to be a one time thing. And he did it again the next week and the next week, and it started getting to a point that people associated with the team and people that were allowed in the tunnel would stand there and say, oh, here he comes. And it became like a cult following. And now everywhere I go, and people uh, are using it. the Monica, hey, you wrong again, D. Gunn. Even when I picked the Eagles to win, it has become the fun, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And so um, this offseason, when we both, I don't know if you saw the game, uh, our postgame show, uh, when they lost to the Saints, as he walked up the tunnel off the field, he had tears in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He walked right over to me and gave me a hug because we both believed at that point that that was his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle. And then lo and behold, Harry Roseman finds a way and shocks us all and re-signs him again uh, to a three-year contract. And he puts on Twitter... Wrong again, D. Gunn. I'm watching you. I'm back again for another fucking years, And I'm like, I didn't predict you were going to leave. We both believed you were going to be gone from the Philadelphia Eagles. So now it's, it's, it's become this cult following, and it's a lot of fun. If anybody ever had a chance to meet a Brandon Graham, uh, you would come away saying, I wish there were 1,600 Brandon Grams in the National Football League. It would make covering pro football that much more fun. Unfortunately, you have uh, – uh, personalities that are not so pleasant a lot of times. You know, everybody can't be the same. But Brandon Graham is exactly what you see. He is the biggest kid, and he's having the most fun playing a kid's game and getting paid very well for it. And he deserves everything he gets. When you consider that when he first got here, he was injured, and a lot of people started talking about how why did the Eagles pick Brandon Graham over Earl Thomas? And That went on for years. Um, to the point when I interviewed Earl Thomas at one point, uh, right before they were going to play uh, the Seahawks were going to play that Super Bowl um, in New York. Uh, you know, Earl said, "Yeah." Uh, I keep hearing from Philadelphia fans about we should have got you instead of this Brandon Graham. And so, you know, it it, it got out there and it bothered him. It really bothered him. And in a lot of cases, he blocked people on social media who were negative negative towards him. And then he just learned to realize... He said, you know what? I can't control what people think about me. I'm going out and having fun. And that's exactly what he's doing. And, boy, look at how he turned his career around. Had one of the most defining plays in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles organization, the strip of Tom Brady at a crucial point in the game. And now Brandon Graham will be forever loved. By Philadelphia
0: Eagle fans. Oh, he's a special, special player, and yeah, I, I we just love it, and he's, he, he's one of our favorites uh, for a long time, and we're so happy that he's, he's gonna be here for a couple more years. And before I let you go, Derek, I'm gonna play like a little word association. I'll, I'll say something, and you can give me like the your quick answer on a couple things. You ready? Okay. Okay. Favorite athlete you've ever interviewed.
1: Oh, geez. Woo. Wow, that's a good one. Uh. Wow. Oh, man. Favorite athlete I've ever interviewed. Man, I would have to say Muhammad Ali because it's one of the few times in my life where I was nervous and. I really had to think about what I wanted to say because I was standing in the presence of boxing greatness. So I would have to say Muhammad Ali.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome. I would love to talk to you one day about that interaction. Um, all right, here we go. Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre?
1: Oh, definitely. Um Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I love Brett Favre. There was, there's never been a tougher quarterback in the history of the game. When you play 322 consecutive games as a quarterback, this man played with broken bones, broken fingers, spitting up blood in games. Now he, I, I won't say he was the greatest quarterback because he threw a, he, he set a record for throwing the most interceptions in a career also. <laughs> yeah. So he made a lot of bonehead mistakes, but he won a lot of big games for the Green Bay Packers organization, including a Super Bowl. He should have won more than one Super Bowl. He should have won that, the next one against Denver the next year. Um, but I would say um, when it comes to arm accuracy, strength, footwork, uh Aaron Rodgers is on another level. Uh, And I still say, arguably, right now, Aaron Rodgers has the best
0: arm in pro football right now. So
1: I'm going to lean towards Aaron over Brett Favre. That's a tough one also. I
0: had to ask you because you're a Wisconsin guy, so I absolutely wanted to to (laughs) ask you that. Um, All right, your favorite place to fish. Wow.
1: Um, My favorite place to fish, uh, let's see it's a lake outside of pittsburgh it's called lake arthur about 30 minutes north of pittsburgh beautiful lake um i got to know a guy who was a fishing guide on that lake and he would help the uh the fishing game department uh a lot of Christmas trees, old Christmas trees in the lake, it's structure for fish to hide in a guy named John Golida, I got to know him, and I had a lot of success on that lake, so I would have to say uh, Lake Arthur outside of Pittsburgh.
0: Well, that's awesome um, Derek, thank you so much for, for coming on, you guys can follow uh, Derek Gunn on Twitter, at Real Gun MBCS Derek, I, I can't thank you enough, and I'm so grateful for, for you taking the time out to talk to me for a little bit
1: Chris, thanks
0: for having me on, man. Anytime. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. All right. Welcome back. Hot tag, Chris Francesco. Thank you so much to Derek Gunn. A phenomenal interview. And I had so much fun uh, talking uh, to Derek Gunn and the professionalism, the class and the The basically just feels like I'm sitting. I mean, I don't don't drink alcohol, but I felt like I was sitting at a bar just talking... Philadelphia sports with a, a local legend in the area of Philadelphia broadcasting. And I meant what I said to him in the beginning, um, calling him, he is an icon of Philadelphia sports um, uh, around here. And I truly do believe that guys like him and, and Ray i have been around this city for for so long. Um, and, you know, when they say something, it really means, it really means something to, to, to us and to the fans uh, of Philadelphia sports. And what was so cool is I did not know that Derek Um, was such a huge baseball guy. I also didn't even realize that he played baseball um, as a younger gentleman. So that was really cool to learn. Um, it's just a fascinating discussion. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, no show next week, as I said, unless something comes up, unless there's an interview that I'm able to grab and uh, can make time for it, uh, then I will definitely bring that to you. But as of right now, and uh, this is um, you know late in the week before the weekend hits here, there will be no show next week. We will be back the following week trying to um, wrestle up uh, Jay, getting his schedule down, and uh, one of my good friends up good friends, Kyle. We're going to talk about the state of pro wrestling, and it's going to get heated. It's going to get a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to that. So this has been uh, a phenomenal edition, I think, of the Hot Tag, bringing some really good things to you guys. Once again, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Anchor.fm you can download the show. Anywhere you guys can get a podcast, you can find the hot tag and I am so grateful that everybody is coming out in droves downloading the show and uh, I am so thankful and grateful for your support, guys. I really, really do mean that. Um, once again, I'm all on the Twitter at cdfran24, Instagram eh? uh, at christyfrancesco. Uh, hope you all have a great rest of your week and weekend and I will catch you all down the road. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.